Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together, we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Joined now by Sean Merriman, Lights Out Podcast with the iHeartRadio uh, Podcast Network. And uh, Sean, I, I thought coming into this season, maybe Brady plays this year, maybe he plays another year. After watching this season with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I'm like, this dude's going to play till he's 50 years old. And I know he didn't have a spectacular game. But when you look at the whole aspect to go on the road, win three games out of the wild card, now get to play at home in two weeks, it's an unbelievable accomplishment by Tom Brady, isn't it? You know, when he said uh, a couple of years ago that he wanted to play until he was, you know, 45, 46 years old, you know, I just thought he was just talking crazy. I really did. It didn't sound possible, right? I mean, we've seen some guys playing to their early 40s. You know, Drew Brees and, and Brett Favre, some of these guys. But as you see how Drew Brees finished up the season, didn't play well, whether that was injury or age. Um, I really believe he can play till he's 46 years old. And he, yeah. and he probably can play well because of how he's playing now. He's not getting hit as much. Uh, you know, he's learning how now to move around in the pocket. He, I mean, he's moving better right now than he did five or six years ago. And uh, that's just kind of crazy to say. And uh, as long as they keep those pieces around him in Tampa – why not? I just, you know, why not? Why not play to you 45, 46 years old? Is he the great, we talked about this earlier in the show. In your mind, I think the greatest quarterback of all time, there's no argument anymore, right? I mean, it, that, that, that ship has sailed. Maybe in 10 years, if Patrick Mahomes continues to play like he is, maybe we can end up 15 years having a debate between those two or maybe somebody else is going to come up and start to have – uh, a level of success that we don't anticipate otherwise. But is there any doubt now about him being the greatest quarterback of all time? And I think he's ascended to the point now where you can argue he's the greatest American sports team athlete of all time. A hundred percent. And, you know, it, it was funny because I've played against him, and obviously I've always had my thing against the Patriots, right? I mean, they, they sent us home out of many playoffs and stopped yep. our Super Bowl things like that, so I've always had my gripes there. Uh, but I also always believe Tom Brady's greatness was partly due to Bill Belichick. That's right. And, you know, having a owner and an organization and how they just put all the pieces to the puzzle uh, every single year. Uh, I was wrong. You know, I was wrong, man. I, I just, 
now seeing what he's doing in another organization, another team, another conference, another setting, and older, uh, there's not even a, a, a doubt, not even a 1% chance that he's the goal. But I'll take it a step further. I don't think there's anybody even close. Like, if you start naming your top three quarterbacks of all time, I don't even put anybody in, in, in the category with him and how he's performing and how he's playing. Uh, you know, if he does go and win a ring and he still has a chance to go in the, you know, the next one or two years to win another one, we will never. And, you know, I, I hate to say never because never is the word that always come back and bite you in the ass a little bit, right? But we will never see another performance, another quarterback like Tom Brady again in this lifetime. I agree with you, and, and to kind of put into context how long he has been doing this, I saw a stat and I was like, this is amazing. Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes on the other side in the AFC Championship game, they were in kindergarten when Tom Brady played in his first Super Bowl. I mean, if that doesn't blow your mind out there for everybody who is listening to us right now, kindergarten. He's been in the pros. He was in the Super Bowl since they were in kindergarten. It's unbelievable. Well, you know what? A lot of these guys still got on diapers playing against him. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, that, that's the way he's making people look. And, you know, he also went against another quarterback who we also look at as great, as one yeah. of the greatest. You know, He went against a guy who in 10 years from now, or 15 years, we'll be still calling him one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game in Aaron Rodgers. So, you know, with that being said, man, uh, and, and the way he's winning and his level uh, and, and intensity, I mean, at some point in time, right, and I, you know, I watched, you know, watching the, the Conor McGregor fight the other night, I always felt like, okay, you got, a, you got enough money, you got your family, your attitude and your demeanor starts to change when you reach a, a plateau in your life. I mean, it happens to the best of everybody. you, you your mentality changes just a little bit. And nothing changed about Tom. You know, it's, yeah. it's not the, the fame. It's not the money. It's not the all the rings, the winning. You still see the intensity and the passion to one out there and go and dominate that you've seen 10 or 15 years ago. And that, that to me, you know, kind of being a, a, a former athlete and, you know, playing ball my whole entire life, you get to a point where you're like, oh, okay, well, you did this, you did that, you did that. So your attitude mentality changes over the course of time. And to see him still now compete and want to win as bad as he did 10 or 15 years ago is amazing, man. I don't think, I don't think we've ever seen anything like that. All right, let's go to the other side, Aaron Rodgers. In the post-game press conference, him talking about yesterday's loss, you could just hear it in his voice how much this is going to weigh on him and how incredibly difficult it is going to be. When you think you're on a team that's good enough to win a championship and it doesn't happen, what does that feel like uh, in the NFL? What is that feeling like right after the game? You're dressing, you're in the shower, you talk to the media. I mean, I imagine you feel a little bit like you're in a fog because to your point, yes, you can be successful, you can be making a lot of money, all those things. But the competitor in you is so desperate to win that I imagine it is just, uh, I mean, I think Aaron Rodgers described it as a gut punch to get to play at home. You know, he fully expected to win that game. He prepared to win that game. He was expecting to be getting ready to go down to Tampa and try to win a Super Bowl. And when you're younger, I imagine you lose a game, you think, oh, I'll be back there again. I'm sure for Aaron Rodgers, he's sitting around right now thinking, this may never happen for me again. 
You know, I may never get to another Super Bowl just like Brett Favre did. It's been a decade. He's had opportunities to get back. He hasn't done it. I'm not sure that he'll have another one. What do you think he felt like? You know, a, a, gut, a gut punch is a good word to describe it, but, you know, when you lose those type of games, you start to look back at the off-season programs, training camps, uh, the times that you had to go out there and practice and you just didn't feel like it because something was hurting or your know, ankle was swollen or you had a you know, a tight lower back or your hamstrings and knees were bugging you and you forced yourself to go out there. You start looking at every single thing over the course of the year that took you to get there. And that failure is, is right as a gut punch. And his heart has to be in his socks right now, just him walking around knowing that, uh, that they may not have a chance to get back there. That's one of the things that I always said about my career and then also, you know, playing with guys like the Danian Thomas and the Phillip Rivers. And we, we had an all-star squad, and we were so good at a young age that we always felt that we had an opportunity to get back there. And then you start to realize that you have this short run of, of two to four years or somewhere in between there where your team could be really good, and you don't know if that, team is ever going to be assembled like that again and I think Aaron Rodgers alluded to that he said exactly he doesn't know who's going to be here guys got contract disputes uh you know maybe get cut new coaching staff or you know just new personnel is going to be there and you don't know that those guys are still going to be around and I think also the second part of that is I and I go back to saying this that they brought in another quarterback and whether that's to, for love to get on the field right now or two years from now, whatever that situation being, that had to that had to bother Aaron Rodgers. It had to, and for him to go out and have one of the best seasons ever and not make it, well, you start to look back at well, maybe you could have got us a first round uh, defensive back. I mean, King yeah. played terrible. Yes, King was getting roasted. They kept picking on him the whole entire time. So maybe you go out and draft a cornerback. Or, or slot, uh, you know, something to give him some extra help. And they didn't do that because that's what they needed this game. They King single-handedly, uh, you know, really killed these guys in, in multiple different ways. And if you look back at the opportunity to go get a big-name defensive back or a big-name safety or something that can go out and help you to go and win a championship, that's what really hurts. That hurts you at the end of the day more than anything else. When you see the uh, – it's, it's kind of fascinating, the in-game scenario. Because a lot of people – we'll get to this in a sec – the decision to kick the field goal instead of go for it on fourth down. But the end of the first half, in that scenario as a defensive player, I don't know what exactly the play call was, but you're a smart defensive player, and so much of any uh, smart uh, athlete is playing scenarios and situations – it seems to me, I mean, it looked almost like Greg Williams at the end of the game against, uh, against I guess it was, the uh, the Raiders and when he was got fired by the Jets. Why in the world would you be in that defense? I went back and watched it. They were playing man, it looked like, on both of the wide sides of the field, right? Um, and, I mean, whether or not you should ever let that guy behind you, why would you ever be in that perspective? I believe there were six seconds left. And the and the Bucks had no timeouts. So if you do anything basically other than if you just tackle him on the field, any player, the half's out, you give up no more points. To me, that was where the game was lost for the Packers in many ways. Yeah, no doubt about it. And that's that starts from the top. It starts with the coach. You can't put your players in bad situations like that. But also I'll go back to King. Uh 
any and this is football one on one. This is not uh, you know just because I played the National Football League. No, this is this is high school level uh, scenario situations. When it, when it's that much time on the clock, you're going into the half. You keep everything in front of you. Period. You, you don't you don't let anything behind you. Uh, you don't care if you get beat for a fifteen or twenty yard pass, but you cannot let it go for thirty plus. You know, get a guy on the ground, push him out of bounds, live to fight another day. So you go back and you're going to sit there. And I'm I'm sure Aaron Rodgers is going to watch the film tonight on the on the plane. I mean, I'm sorry, on the, on the uh, wherever he how however he's getting home, he's going to watch that film tonight. He's not going to wait till tomorrow, and he's going to play. That single play over and over and over, and those two or three mistakes that happened in that game that changed the course of them winning that football game, and, and, and it's, he's right. It's a real gut punch because they had that game. I don't think Tampa, you know, Tampa made some key plays, and, and, I, and I think Tom played extremely well, but it was really two or three plays in that whole game that decided the outcome. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It, it, it really is. And for the, the the Aaron Rodgers of the world, do you think that he will be sitting back uh, eventually when he has time to contemplate everything, knowing that Jordan Love's there on the sideline that they drafted a first-rounder? He said all the right things during the course of this season. But would it surprise you if he decided that he wants to go elsewhere and finish his career somewhere else? Because he can look at a guy like Tom Brady and say, hey, I think I've got three or four more years right. If I had the ability like Brady did, I know he's not a free agent, but to survey the field and see all of the possibilities, Matthew Stafford's going to do it, Deshaun Watson's going to do it. I mean, there are some really big-time playmaking quarterbacks who could be interested in moving on. How do you see this playing out? 
Well, I think we're seeing more of this than we ever have in the National Football League, right? Guys forcing their way out and letting it be known, hey, I, I want to be on the move. It's, it's the closest thing that the NBA has been for years, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, Deshaun Watson was public about it. Um, it you know, even though Aaron Rodgers didn't say it, it sure as hell sounded like he was, he was public about it. Um, and whether or not he is, uh, you know, pub, uh, you know, making it vocal or let it be known that uh, be, love being drafted was a problem, it was. And I can tell you that being a former player, got drafted in your position, it's a problem. Because that's the team that's not saying, hey, we need depth at this position. It's not a wide receiver or quarterback in case somebody gets hurt. You drafted the guy early on. That means you want him to come and take your job. And now you got a coach that comes in and, and kicks a field goal or uh, when he shouldn't, right, and try to put more points on the board. And you have him calling bad defenses in, in different situations. You know, now you're just wasting one of the big, greatest quarterbacks of all time. Now you're just wasting his years by not giving him just that extra push. Help him out. This guy's had what, an amazing year. He's done so much for that organization, and you didn't do much for him and put him in situations to win. So, um, you know, I'm curious to see what's going to happen, but it sure as hell sounds to me that he wanted, he wanted his way out. What do you think about the decision to kick the field goal late in that Packers game against the Bucs? Uh, fourth down from the eight-yard line, kick the field goal, you're hoping to get the ball back. I always say, and I said earlier in this show, as a general rule, if the opposing team is excited about the choice that you have made, then you probably shouldn't do it. And I know there are a lot of people out there who are uh, who are fans of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers probably listening to me right now. Like As soon as they took Aaron Rodgers off the field and said, yeah, we want to make it a five-point game, they were ecstatic. What would you have thought uh, from a player perspective? And I know you can talk about analytics and everything else. But one analytical thing I don't want to do is give Tom Brady the ball over the last 20 years with a chance to get a first down or two and never give my guy a chance to get the ball back. What would you be thinking on the field and what would you have thought after the game when you had more time to think about it? You know, Clay, I've been on the other side of that, right? Giving Tom Brady two minutes with the ball back in his hand and we're up, right? And so if we're down, we don't have, we don't have a chance because you're not getting the ball back from Tom Brady with two, you know, two minutes left. You're just not. Um, and, you know, if you're in a team that's kind of scratching your head, trying to figure out what in the hell you're thinking, then I understand that coaching is not easy, right? I mean, you got 30 seconds to make a play call in certain situations and scenario, but we're, we're going back to football one-on-one. you got the greatest quarterback of all time on the opposite side of you. The chances are that he's going to do something really good with the football. And the second part of it is, if, uh, I think we heard in the, in the press conference from Aaron Rodgers saying, that wasn't my decision. That wasn't my decision. He didn't, he didn't defend the coach. He didn't defend that call. He said, that I was not a part of that decision. And I think that, you know, Aaron Rodgers, he, he makes, you know, he's, he has like this dry comedy thing about him, right? He has this thing where he talks, he kind of subliminally says certain things, and it's funny, you can interpret it certain ways. But one thing that he is, is he's front and he's honest. He speaks things when they come, when they come up. And when he said that, that he wasn't a part of that decision, meaning that, hey, I wouldn't have called this. I wouldn't have – this I, This was, uh, was against my will, and I wouldn't have done this. I, I don't feel good about this. Uh, so that just, you know, that just lets me know that there's, there's some problems there. And I'm not saying there's a problem with him and the coach or the organization, but there's something going on there. And I, and I really expect uh, Aaron Rodgers to somehow, someway be on the move after this year. All right, so looking ahead, now we've got two weeks to talk about it, 13 days, whatever the heck it is. Kansas City Chiefs, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 
How do you assess, and I'm sure we'll talk to you again uh, before this matchup actually happens, but early read from you. First question, is it impactful to be able to play from home? How much of an advantage? We've never seen this happen in the Super Bowl before. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they're already back down in Tampa. They know they have to go nowhere. They get to work out exact same routine as normal. They're literally next door practicing to the football field. How much can that actually be an advantage in your mind to be able to play the Super Bowl at home? Well, it's a great advantage, but you know those guys are going to have to be extremely disciplined, right? Because when you're playing at home, uh, that means you're going to be there, you know, the weeks leading up to it. Uh, you got family and friends and everybody trying to be a part of what you're doing. And so you really have to be disciplined. And I think that with Tom Brady being there, uh, he's really going to be the enforcer, right? I mean, you know, grabbing guys up. You can't go out too late. You no, know, you know, curfew. I mean, there's, there's going to have to be something in place here because there's a ton of distractions uh, leading up to those weeks. And every, I mean, look at that. I mean, this, this is the busiest week of some of those guys' lives. And everybody's going to be pulling at you. Interviews. I want you to come out to this place, you know, and, and so much is going to be involved. So it's really how disciplined those guys can be. And I'm not talking about the, uh, I don't want to get to the fan aspect and playing in front of your home crowd. All oh, those things are great. But I'm talking about leading up to the game, uh, playing in your city. Uh, I can only imagine the type of distractions that's going to happen and things that they have to deal with leading up to the game. So whoever the leaders are, and, I'm, and I want to point to Tom Brady because I think that we heard a lot. After after they won at the press conference when they were on the field, and uh, 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 Coach Arian saying, "Look, Tom Brady came here with an attitude and changed his culture. You know, he's been a leader and a vocal leader, and he's going to have to be that uh, leading up to this game in order to keep those guys on track." You said it. I've said it. There are one of the great debates for sports for the last twenty years has been who's more responsible for the New England Patriot dynasty, Tom Brady or Bill Belichick. I didn't think there was any way that in this year we would find an answer to that question. I'm sure even for normal fans this was a debate. I bet among NFL players, sometimes you guys would get together and debate that as well. It's kind of a, a, a foregone conclusion now, isn't it? With Brady going to the Bucks, winning three road games with them in year one, and it's not like he went to a team with some incredible culture of winning in the NFC You know that had been there year after year after year. He almost feels like he single-handedly willed them there. You've never seen this in the NFL. You've never seen one guy go to an organization and flip the script as he did. We've never seen it. We've seen it in the NBA. You know, LeBron goes to a team. You know they're going to win a lot of games. You know, you're going to have uh, James Harden go somewhere. They're going to win. Oh, Katie. Someone goes somewhere. They're going to win a lot of games. We've never seen in the NFL one guy go to an organization and flip everything they've done. Uh, and like I said, I, I, I hate saying and using the words never um, because those are extreme words. Uh but I just don't think we'll never see anything like it. We, we just won't. I mean, Tom Brady, for, for years, and playing against him, I've always worried about not only playing Tom Brady, but going there playing and coaching uh, from the mind of Bill Belichick and him you know, being able to switch uh, you know, audible games and, and switch up you know, some of the things they're doing, making in-game adjustments. Those are all coming from Bill Belichick. What we're seeing now is that Tom Brady was the key to their success. And because he was there for so long winning, Bill Belichick took a lot of their credit for it. I mean, they didn't have him this year. Look what's happening to the team. Tom Brady's gone. He's gone to an organization. Look what he's done there. So if you look at it across the board, man, I just, you know, to call him a GOAT is really a, uh, it's not enough. 
right? Because, you know, we got a lot of the greatest of all time and things, but you st- now you got you to gotta make up, I don't know what that word is for Tom at this point, going to another, <laughs> you know, conference, going to another team, another coach, another organization, and winning just as he did for 20 years somewhere else. Uh, we got to figure out a new word for Tom. I don't know what it is yet, but we can figure it out. We're talking to Sean Merriman, Lights Out Podcast. Last question for you, and it's not football. I watched Conor McGregor fight uh, on, uh, and I know you're a big UFC guy as well, and I know a lot of our listeners are. What did you see from the McGregor fight? How much, if anything, does he have left in UFC in your mind? Well, you, you know what, Clay, watching that um, watching that fight uh, and, and, and kind of being around Conor's camp and, and knowing where he trained and knowing his trainer, his team, and staff, and everybody that's around him, he trained hard as hell. He looked great walking into the fight. It wasn't a lack of training. But I can tell you right now, when you get kicked that much in your leg, and especially in your calf and your front leg, you can't put that thing down. Because it, it, to describe exactly what it feels like, it feels like your leg is swelling up with blood. And you put it in the ground, but it's not giving you anything back, almost like you're a peg leg. And so once I've seen that he got a couple of nice calf kicks in there, and I've been there, I've, I've got my ass kicked, a few times, got my legs kicked, and you just cannot put that leg in the ground anymore, you're almost destined to sit down and eat punches. There's nothing you can really do. Uh, I thought that, you know, uh, Dustin put put together a hell of a game plan, the fight plan against him, um, you know, and give him credit. You know, he, he got whipped the first time around. He came back with a different mentality. He got much better as a fighter. He had more time in the octagon, and he was ready to go. Uh, I, I got no doubt in my mind that Connor will be back uh, with a big splash, and he'll be back on top, and now it might take him a year or so to do it. Um, but he's not done by a long shot. Sean Merriman, I appreciate you, my man. We'll talk to you maybe next week, uh, a little bit of Super Bowl preview. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, enjoy things. You got it. You too. That's Sean Merriman, Lights Out Podcast uh, with the iHeart Podcast Network. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash concertweek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.